and welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. We have a massive episode coming up this week, but before we jump into it, I'm I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matthew. How are you going, mate? Good. Tell you. Yeah, good, good. Um, we've, I know you're looking forward to this episode so much as I am. We're going to start off with the play. Uh, the sorry, the team's season review. How do yeah. you reckon it went? How do you reckon it went? Just as a whole. Well. Didn't go too good, did it? Came in twelve. Start before the season started. I was asked by somebody where to make a prediction of where the Bulldogs would finish. I said tenth. Uh, we finished in twelfth, one win away from tenth. So uh, overall, with the squad that we had and the position we're currently in, uh, I feel like we weren't too far away from where we should have been. Looking back, I guess. <laughs> Yes, one win short. It didn't start, the year didn't start overly, well, didn't start well with the trip to New Zealand, the trip to Auckland, and with all the circumstances going around in that game, if everyone could remember the, what the, the Christchurch shooting happening prior to that game. Yeah. It is, it, um, I'm not saying this hopefully came across in a rude way, but it, came, it almost felt like it was a, a match that we're never going to actually win and yeah, we're going to get the towered up against us. And that's what actually happened with a thrashing. Well, yeah, Christchurch shootings uh, brought all of New Zealand together, and then the dogs had to travel to Auckland to play. So uh, up against it straight away, unfortunately. But um, terrible game from Bulldogs' perspective, going down forty points to six. I remember watching this one from a from my Fiji uh, hotel. Oh, that's right, you were in Fiji earlier this year. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that really well. Wasn't a yeah, had to take had, had to take a break of uh, cocktails and swimming by the pool to. Uh, Go watch this game. And then back to, the co- back to the cocktails again and drinking it faster for sadness, not happiness. That's about one. <laughs> not Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. So, wasn't a great start. Wasn't a great start. Uh, then week two, we went and played our rivals, Parramatta. We lost that one 36-16. So. That was an interesting game. I mean, we're not going to review every game, but it was a game where it looked like we're going to we come off the blocks flying. And then we were chased down and didn't fight back. It was just, it was all Parramatta in the second, well, the last 50 or so minutes. It was all Parramatta after the Bulldogs flying off the great start. But yeah, so it wasn't, not a great two, first two rounds. Uh, then we finally got our first win in round three against the Tigers. It was like, what an impressive win. And then if people actually remember, it was the debut of Nick Meany for the Bulldogs in the club, but the debut and our old debut for Jaden Ockenball. And what a game that those two boys had, the young pups coming through. Well, Ockenball had an even better game the following week with, uh, against the Melbourne Storm and an 18 points to 16 loss. Yeah, so that was a... If we jump through, like, Nick Meany and Jaden Ockenball put their hands up straight away with the NRL debut and they both, or not NRL, NRL debut for Ockenball, club debut for Meany, both stood up. And then with that Melbourne loss you're talking about, that was the club debut of Jack Cogger coming in for Kieran Foran, who injured himself in that win against the West Tigers. And Jack Cogger was impressed straight away as well. So much so that later in the year that he ended up pushing Lachlan Lewis out of the side. Yeah, it was one of the most... Well, one of the more impressive performances by our club, I think, uh, this season. Despite losing by two points, it was a it was a really high quality game, and uh, we really stood up. And uh, it was good coaching display by Dean Payne, really stretched Melbourne Storm. Yeah, it was a game plan that actually other teams tried to mimic in weeks to come, especially in Melbourne. And Melbourne really struggled with a few teams that you would expect to be, I suppose, easy wins. I guess you could say. And they were struggling against a few teams. And I remember the Cowboys gave them a bit of a headache a couple of weeks after. Just by spreading the ball around and, you know, yeah. going around the edges and making sure that it eliminates much of the wrestle as possible in the tackle. Unfortunately, it went downhill fast after that. A smashing loss to the Dragons. We then lost to the, the Rabbitohs. We had a win against the Cowboys, but lost to Manly, Newcastle. Just got past the Titans. We got smashed by the storm, close loss to the Raiders, and then the Dragons took took us uh, took care of us comfortably, thirty six points to twelve in round thirteen, and uh, from there it wasn't looking good, was it? No, especially against the Dragons this year. The Dragons are probably, in my opinion, forward to do a season review of every club is probably the most disappointing side of the year. 
with the squad, reviewing the squad and everything. And yeah. the Dragons, we saw the Dragons finish second last and they struggled to put the Titans away late in this season. So you'd think when we missed the eight, you look back on a few games, where where did they go wrong for the Bulldogs missing the top eight? you think those two Dragons games could yeah, have been... Could have been game changers of winning both of those two. Yeah. Two wins could have changed, or towards the end at least. Uh, we got smashed by the Raiders. We just got past the Sharks, who, who weren't that impressive this season. And then Newcastle as well. Uh, then then another opportunity for two points down the drain with a loss to uh, the Broncos. And then another quick-fire loss to the Roosters. And that's round 19. And the season was done and dusted. And uh, we were looking into a black pit. Yeah, that yeah. After the Roosters game, it felt dark. It felt. It was, I think that's what hit me probably the most. That that's it. Even though I didn't expect us to make the finals, it still hurts a bit. I mean, well, yeah. We put the line in and say that after this game against the Roosters, that's probably going to be it. There's going to be something special to tell me otherwise or come otherwise that we're going to actually win. Well, at that stage of the season, you start to think possible wooden spoon or at least battling out for the wooden spoon. I, I think we were either equal with the Titans or maybe even just behind the Titans at that stage on the ladder. Um, it was very worrying. <laughs> mm. And then we fast forward a few weeks and it's going into round 20. It was a, a gutsy win against the, the Panthers where things easily went against the Bulldogs and they could have easily shut up shop, but they wouldn't do it. And it was impressive because the Panthers were in contention for finals football. Then it was the the heart, the, I suppose the heartbreaking loss of the West Tigers and that, that's where they probably think where they missed the eight, where they lost against the Bulldogs. Where the Paul Mamagrossi goal kick conversion missed, miss, which saw the Bulldogs walk away for a two-point win. Uh... The South Sydney Rabbitohs, what a win against the South Sydney Rabbitohs at ANZ Stadium. No one gave us a, a shot and they, we walked in and got the job done in all three grades that night. I think you'd remember that one. Yeah, of course, of course I remember all of them. Uh, and then the uh, following week at Bankwest, we defeated the Eels and that made it four straight wins. Um, I was, we're, we're actually at all four of these games, I think. Um, yeah, probably the best. Best part of the season. Uh, I was actually at all the games this year, well, all the home ones at ANZ and Melbourne this year. Yeah, but this this part of the season, it felt like, uh, in a way, it felt like we had our team back, not because they were winning, but because um, they were putting in uh, performances that the fans could be proud of. Uh, and then it sort of uh, snowballed a little bit with, uh, with the four wins back to back to back. And it was a, a fun atmosphere. We probably weren't. We probably weren't in with a chance to make the finals, but uh, you but, had DWZ come out and said that we still could, and uh, didn't, you know, didn't, stuff like this. The yeah. the whole attitude and uh, emotion of the season had completely turned around. I definitely it was one of those things that Dallas and Nesnik started it, and then I remember a few, it was a few people when you're looking at the Twitter account like, "Oh yeah, sure, Dallas, whatever, we're not going to make it." And then when the the wins against Penrith happened. It was like, yeah, okay. Souths happened. And then that Parramatta win at Bankwest when Bank- Parramatta have been destroying anyone and everyone who came there except for the Panthers and the Bulldogs this year. They're a different yep. team. Parramatta was at Bankwest. And when that started to happen, there was articles starting to say, wait a second, this could be crazy, but the Bulldogs could be making their way into the eight. But there was all the results would have to go our way. And it started going our way. But unfortunately, we didn't win the next game. <laughs> No, we had to go up to to play the last ever match at one three hundred Smiles Stadium, and almost like round one, I suppose everything was against us. The Cowboys wanted to farewell some of their retiring stars and players who were leaving. Matt Scott, um, probably the big notable one there, although he didn't play, and they wanted to say goodbye. They wanted to say goodbye to their stadium, which they've played at since nineteen ninety five, uh, and. The dogs probably didn't play the best game in that game. Uh, no, Cowboys, a bit sluggish. Cowboys uh, put the dagger in 15 points to eight. But we so finished it off on, uh, on a high note, Scotty, defending the Broncos 30 to 14. And when we saw Morgan Harper debut for the club as well. 
which was an amazing thing. But there was, there was a lot of amazing stories. I'm gonna, we're going to call this the Morgan Harper game, if that's all right. Yep. Morgan Harper, when he got his jersey. Did you watch that video when he got his jersey? Uh, I don't think so, no. Well, I encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to make sure you search the Bulldog social media websites, if it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Search it up because Morgan Harper broke into tears when he received his jersey. And it was a very cute moment with his kids and his partner. Of course, his parents, but he broke into tears and how much the Bulldogs jersey meant to him. And of course, the haka, what happened after the game as well. Yeah, well, which was quite uh, amazing. So it was quite yeah, amazing video content. Very emotive thing. It's great to see those behind the behind the scenes things there, Scotty. But to uh, quickly gone through the season uh, was one thing to do before we wrap up this part of the season review. Uh, is pick our favourite games. So. What have you chosen to be the favorite, your favorite game of the season? Oh, I, I have to pick two because one of my favorite games was actually a loss. Was the oh, loss? And, oh, we've we've might have picked the same two games here. This is I've won the loss. I've won the loss in Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> just the attitude. Just the attitude. That's I know it sounds weird. Like a loss was one of our best games, but when you watch the way they played, they looked like a top fourteen that day. Well, we probably should have won that game. Like we were that close, uh, a bit unlucky to lose that game. That was actually yeah. um, that was actually my choice for my. I was tossing a turning between my top two, but uh, that was that was one of the games too. So, we're okay, I'll let you pick the next singing one. Singing from the same hymn sheet there. Uh, yeah. The next one, I actually picked the uh, twelve points to six win over Parramatta at Bank West. Well, you know what's funny? Is that, that your one? Yes, yeah, because I was going with the the attitude. Like it actually felt like a finals game being there. Bankwest was rocking. It was shaking. It was absolutely amazing. It was an amazing feeling. It felt like I was in September. I felt like September came early, except for the night was bloody cold. It was a really uh, old school match, wasn't it? With, uh, yeah. Lots of hatred between the two old rivals. Um, and when we're, we're sitting near each other, yeah. and we both thought, oh no, we're gone, especially after Raymond Smith's headbutt. Like, there were certain <laughs> times of the game, but like, everyone was dropping down. It just felt like everyone was dropping down, and it was just that. Yeah, Play Smith, for the jersey type attitude. Play Smith, for the was Play the, for the Smith was in the bin and Vitelli Zlatiak went off with an AC joint problem. And <laughs> Josh Jackson was on the wing during one attacking play. And it was like, oh, this is... Hopper pullback, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had players playing anywhere, but it was one of those things where you're playing for your mates, which I thought was impressive. Yeah. It was just really felt like, you know, the old... I don't know when you say you do it for the your teammates, your brother, like a brotherhood. It felt like a brotherhood running through that the club that day. Well, yeah, especially the whole back end. I'm not just going to say the back end of the season felt like that, where you wouldn't want to let anyone down. And if you, like you said, Josh Jackson playing on the wing, he, he found himself on the wing for a little bit. That yeah. he didn't let anyone down, even if it's not your preferred position. You don't. You just. I think he just. I think he just ended up. I think he just. Oh yeah. He just ended up. Shifting and he ended up on the wing. He was like, oh, fuck it. went off and Raymond Patel and Mariner came on and I thought Jack Cogger would come on just because of like, you know, like for as similar as possible, like as in the backs. It was kind of like, just get the job done. Sorry for playing with more forwards and less backs and stuff like that. It was just, you've got to do it no matter what. Even if you're playing a little bit, a little bit wider than you normally do, you're just, you're just doing it. Yeah, but you know, okay, the best well. your ability. That's well, I thought of that game. It's just what it felt like. It was just I walked out of that bank west, walking into the Paramount train station, just with my head held high, walking off a bit of a smug. Yeah, I think that's went, why I picked that one. Went down to the line, set that game too. So real old-fashioned game there. Uh, so unanimous between us, the two best games of the season was against Melbourne Storm and the Paramount Eels. The first game against Melbourne, we should say, not the second. Um, oh. <laughs> if tell us what you think. So tell us why we're wrong or why we're right. Well, we reviewed the the teams before. It's now we're going to hit the players. We're going to do it alphabetical order. Like I said last week, I don't know how you're going to rate them. We're going to give them, uh, what do you reckon, 10 stars or 5 stars? Uh, I think we're going to get rating out of 10, I think you said last week. Yeah. So we'll stick with yeah. that. I'm, good. I'm glad someone listened to me because I didn't listen to myself. Um, we're going to go alphabetical <laughs> order. Some of these are going to be warped a little bit just due to the players. I'm more looking at the players' contribution to the team in the top grade level. And we'll just highlight a few things for the season 
stuff like that for the players. So certain players we'll talk a bit longer about and other players will be a bit shorter. So yep. if we're going to start alphabetical order by last name, it starts off with Fa'anu Brown. So yeah. he only made the three appearances this year and he's departing the club at season's end. Um, what do you make of his appearances this, this season? Uh, well, we've talked about him quite a bit in the previous episodes, but um, if we're going to go off the the uh, performances in top grade throughout the whole season, you probably have to rate Fabio Brown, unfortunately, on the lower end, purely based on lack of games. Um thought he did okay in the games that he did play, but um, like I said, I, I fear Fabio Brown's going to be that player that's too good for reserve grade, but never quite made it in the NRL, so I'd have to give him about a 3 out of 10. I'm going to give him a 5. The reason why I'm going to give him a 5 out of 10 was I think he did his job what he was asked to do, which was two short games off the interchange bench as a hooker and one game at halfback against the Roosters at the SCG. The other thing is he, he, didn't get, he didn't get much of, of, of an opportunity off the bench. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose he never really got... I suppose you can debate they never got a fair chance in top grade, but he walks away with the Terry Lamb medal a good season in the Canterbury Cup, like you mentioned before. Now, Jack Cogger. Jump on to Jack Cogger. He made the 16 appearances starting the one off the bench and scored yep. three tries. That's where you're at, Jack. Well, f- before we go any further, I think we should just quickly pause to say uh, we're getting these uh, stats off uh, all the, the appearances and bench performances off uh, the Rugby League Project website. It's a great website. Jump on it if you haven't heard of it before. Um, but yeah, Jack Cogger, I reckon he was probably our best performing half of the season. And I'll have to give him a, I'm going to say, a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Well, he's I'm got some, it... uh, sorry, just before you jump in there, he's got some improving to do and some development as a half. He's still quite young. He's only 22. Um, I think he's got a, a really good future ahead of him, and he's the old style organizing half. So, um, like, really great signs. I'm going to give him just a slot a smidgen more. I think he was our best half of the season, which I don't know, times I can talk a bit later about how Lock and Lewis came back in the side. It was almost like they let Oren run the show type of thing when Lewis was kind of. Oh, we'll Lewis, Lewis later. Kicking, but we'll get to there, obviously, there later. Yeah, obviously, I'm just saying it's just weird how Cogger being the best almost was a bad thing for him. I want to give him 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed his running game. It was good to see a half who actually runs the ball. Oh, and he runs it a lot. But like you said, organisation. He's got an all-round kicking game as well. It doesn't have like a specialty. It's just a genuine all-round kicking game, which yeah. I enjoyed, which was nice yeah. to see. Alrighty, so uh, the next player on our list, uh, he only had the five games for the one prior on the wing, Christian Crichton, coming over from the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, I thought he was, early in the year, he was dumped after the Eels game really unfairly, to be honest. And I think Dean Pay gave him the action, fortunately, when he didn't deserve it. However, he found it hard to obviously get back in because of a man called Jaden Ockenball, which we'll touch on later. But Christian Crichton, in his five games, I'd have to give him a six out of ten. Like, his running game was impressive. He made metres. That game against Melbourne Storm at Belmore, I think it was his best game of the season. He was absolutely... He just made the most metres. I can just remember it. It was just him running, him running all day and every day. And if everyone put that amount of effort in, I think we could have won that one. It just felt like he was the one just showing that amount of effort. So hopefully a big off-season for him. Yeah, he was quite impressive in those early weeks. Uh, Didn't get much of an opportunity afterwards. Had a pretty good season in the Canterbury Cup. Uh, I'm going to go 4 out of 10 just on, again, uh, parents more than anything else. Only the five games. Now, next... Adam Elliott. Yeah. He played a bit more games. He played 13. He started with 13 games. He played seven off the interchange bench and scored a try in his season. How did you find the Adam Elliott well, season? I'm only going to give him a six this year. I thought he was really up and down. He had some really good games and some games where he went missing a little bit and a few errors in his game this year. Um, I'm not sure quite where that came from. I think he had a better end of the year than start of the year. Uh, but you so the team did too, which would be correct. Uh, but yeah, six out of ten for Adam Elliott. Uh, I, mostly because I expected more, I think. And well, 
That's exactly what I want to do with my score. I'm going to give him a four. Oh. And the reason I give him a four and it's the lowest one was that I expected a lot from him this year. And um, he, he actually started okay in a sense that the first couple of rounds, I remember him getting shifted to the bench. And I actually chatted to him a member's day about it. And he was moved to the bench to keep either him, Tom, or Napa on the field at all times, at least one of them on. Yeah. And after he got to the bench, he was, all, he was okay without being great. And then there was a lot of rubbish games that you expect better from him. Like, there was times he thought he was a halfback. He thought Benji Marshall was playing for us when he was trying to be Benji. Sorry, not Benji playing for us. So I apologize, Benji. But I thought he thought he could be Benji Marshall. Sorry, sorry, rephrase that pretty poorly. But, yeah, so there was times, especially against, against Brisbane, where we needed people to stand up. He wasn't one standing up. But this season, the end of the season for me is the reason why he scores highly of four because I was going to go lower. <laughs> Rough there, my Scott. Uh, Raymond Patella Barron only played 10 games all up. It felt like he played more. Just looking at this now, I was like, wow, he only played 10. Uh, he's the next player on the list, though. So... A player who started started on the edge, ended up playing in the middle. Yeah, off the bench, yeah. Yeah, so what do you give him? I'm going to give him a five. The reason why is that I think he started the season a little bit poor and people were up in arms saying why he got dropped. I was actually all for him being dropped. I thought it was a fair call. Yeah. He's in that stage of his career where he should be one of the... He should be starting to lead from front. He's not, he's not overly that young anymore. But... Ever since he's came back and played like you know the prop lock, the middle forward off the bench in the middle, my goodness, hasn't he been outstanding? Yeah, well improved. I've got to agree with you there with your score. So we'll move on with uh, we've got a lot of F's players. <laughs> Kieran Foran. Um, yeah, Kieran Foran's up next. Uh, he played 14 games this year. Uh, well, he did play when he was fit. He I felt like he was uh, much improved on the previous season. He really took control, especially early on, um, leading the team around, and he was quite impressive. Um, unfortunately, another injury hit season. Uh, they give Kieran Foran probably a 6.5 this season overall. No, I'm going to go six, like you said. I feel like when he did play, like the certain game, there was a few games where he was a bit off, but overall he was really good but the injuries again struggled his season you start to think like especially the game against the West Tigers he just started dominating really well and then he started playing really good football and then he gets injured so it's kind of like ah, you just get the excitement and it's unfortunate for him but I think he actually came back really well towards the end and there's a few things but his six I reckon he played well and it's just one of those arguments is he worth what he's he's the, the big money man the marquee man you'd you want more eights and nines at least, but hopefully next year, just the injuries. Hopefully next year he's fine. Well said. Denny Falalo, 15 appearances this year, all off the bench. I did not think Denny Falalo had a good season at all. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. He's paid the ultimate he's price and he's, uh, he's off. Uh, where, where would you rate him? Probably go, probably a four. I'm going to go with three for Denny Falalo. It just sure. not really went. And then when you see him drop back to the Canterbury Cup, especially in those final games, I've never he's seen him run so hard. Yeah. He won a few of our pup watches. Well, he won one of the pup watches in the finals this year. And you think... Yep. You just, oh, yeah. There's, oh, he won one earlier, and he also came very close to winning another. You looked at his stats, and you go, and then when you actually watched him play the Canterbury Cup, he was running ruthlessly, like he was 10 feet tall, the biggest thing you ever see. And then you just didn't see that in the NRL, unfortunately, for Denny. So I wish him all the best in the future because he's a good guy. I hopefully he can find that form, but not against us in the future. Yeah, hopefully he, lands, hopefully he lands somewhere. But up next is Corey Harawira and Lyra, 24 games. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 21 games. Uh, off the bench twice, the rest were starting. Uh, Five tries. Yeah, quite. Uh, that's pretty good uh, for our squad, but uh, for a second row for a year. Um, also, another player coming from Penrith. Uh, what did you make of Corey? I thought Corey was absolutely tremendous. I mean, there's the missed tackling part of him where he defensively, one-on-one, he's not overly great. I feel like he's one of those players because he gets so involved and he bounces off tackles. Sometimes I think it's harsh to miss tackles on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I think he gets the job done, but he falls off the tackle because of other players in the tackle. But, like, he holds. Um, he did get dropped early this year, which made headlines. 
which I was surprised with. I thought in front of the bench, but I'm going to give him an eight out of ten, even though despite him being dropped. Yeah, 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 seven point five. He um, was a real attacking weapon, particularly early in the season on the on the edge there. So uh, I, I thought he, has, uh, he definitely improved our squad coming across from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Morgan mm-hmm. Harper, with his one game, was uh, next. Uh, so yeah, kind of kind of hard to give a overall score for a season on a player who only played one game, but it was good to see him get that opportunity. Great season in Canterbury Cup yet again. Uh, I'm going to give him a five. He was really impressive him... in that game. He was really impressive in that game, but he played one game. So we're doing the whole season, so five. <laughs> I'm going to be just a tad generous on Morgan Harper, giving him a six. Again, it's hard to say the one game, but it impressed me so much in that game that I felt like it's harsh to most most people probably expected that he'd play more top grade this year as well. So interesting I, one there. I was one of them. All right. Kieran Holland. He's always Kieran, someone interesting Kieran. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. I just find him interesting with C B you love him or you hate him sometimes with some things, by the looks of it. I'd... I think I think he gets a harsh harsh rap sometimes. He played the fourteen appearances only for the one try and six goals. Yeah. One try. Um I didn't think he started over that great. But I felt like towards the back end before he got injured, I thought he went all right. Yeah. I'm so, going to give him, a, give him a 5 out of 10 for his season. I'm going to give him 5.5. 5. There you go. Um, yeah. I, I think I feel like sometimes he gets a, a bit of a harsh rap. Uh, yeah. There was a game where uh, everyone talked about him fan. missing tackles. And then he missed yeah. the one. The stat was one missed tackle, and it was just a big. It was just a big missed tackle. It was, I think, it was against the Raiders or something. Maybe like top of my head, I just remember saying, "Like, oh, he can't tackle, he can't tackle." He made like twelve tackles, missed one. It was just an embarrassing one miss. So yeah, he'll probably be looking to improve next year, and uh, you start to think he has to keep his spot, or uh, yeah, we'll, there'll be, be a fight for that spot, I reckon. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, will Hopawadi, oh. the George Paponis medal, yeah. One player of the year. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one. We've had a bit of a, uh, oh, I don't want to say it, but a love hate relationship with Will over the years. Uh, he had a pretty good year, though. I'm going to give him eight. Um, consistent with his running meters. Uh, he does look a touch slow out there, but um, he gets the job done. Yeah, he gets the job done. Um, he's played good football this year. I just feel like he, just at the start, he's a tad. Off, if that was to be a rough critique, just playing yep. rough. But that back two, three months of the season, he really was a star. And if he wasn't winning the man of the match on our podcast for us, he was coming second a lot. Yeah, the other players were changing. So I'm gonna give him a seven point five for his season. Yep, cool. Uh, Josh Jackson, captain, oh, captain. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta start off with uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I've given Josh Jackson eight out of ten. I just look, I feel like the start, like as the whole for the club, is just like some players down. I don't know why. Just for me, he, he he really pulled the the team together this year and really led by a front. I think twenty nineteen was the making of Josh Jackson captain. Yeah, like if you ask me his captain's skills, yeah. I'll give you a twelve out of ten. <laughs> he really put it together. He's up. He, he's some games. He just he won the game himself in some of those games. Um, going at a halftime behind and watching the second half, him just ripping in and players just following. A um, couple of those wins were all him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All, all right, Lachlan Lewis. Lachlan Lewis, the season where he's oh, dear, dear, sorry, apologies about that. Lachlan Lewis. 15 appearances. He started the year at the starting half. He got dropped and then he brought back into the side based on the overall fit for the team. I feel uh, defensively an outstanding player. He tackles well above his weight. Yeah. So, unfortunately, attackingly, his best attacking game was against Brisbane. I was impressed by that game. There was still a few things that went a little bit pear-shaped in the attack, but Overall, he was solid in attack. He had a few really good plays and a few really bad games. So it's going to be hard to rate him in the sense that, like, defensively. But unfortunately for me, he's a halfback and he doesn't have to. He has to be good in defense, but not like 
I'm more worried about his attack, how he starts the attack. He's going to be the chief attacker, isn't he? That's well, halfback. You'd hope so. I've given him a four out of ten. Um, lose that Brisbane might be in the market for him. I'd be, I'd be happy to let him go. Yeah, I'll go four point five, and if Brisbane want him, I'm happy because I've got a lot of faith in Jack Hogger. Well, we've got Cogger four and Wakeham, who I think are better halves long term, and um, well, four to to lead the halves around. Cogger and Wakeman are uh, better halves long term, and if if uh, Lewis goes, opens up some cap space. That's what yeah. we need. So anyway, okay. Uh, so Michael Leacher. <laughs> yeah. Seven appearances this year. Uh, I'm going to give him a... Seven starts, six off the bench. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm going to give him a six. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry. I was going to say a three out of ten. He was probably one of the best Cambridge Cup players of the year, but they said he just didn't play enough games at Cambridge Cup. He, when he went back down to that level and he came back up, he played a couple of really good games, so I'm going to give him a four out of ten. But overall, I don't want to sound mean, but I'm glad to see the back of him. <laughs> Next player, Jeremy Marshall King. Uh, the Coach's Choice Award. Yeah, 23 appearances. Yeah, 17 starting. I think he's really... I'm going to go 6.5. Really developing into a really good attacking hooker. Uh, his defence has come a long way as well. Much improved. Uh, another pre-season hooker and half a year at the position and hopefully he can turn into one of the competition's best. Mm. I'm giving him a seven. I think he was, he was a little bit patched, but especially when he came back from his injury, he was solid in defence. There was a game where he missed a lot of tackles against that Brisbane game. Remember that Brisbane game? Yeah. And then there was a couple of weeks where he wouldn't miss a tackle. He just didn't miss one. It was making 50, we're talking about 40s and 50 tackles a game. So Some of those seven. Brisbane forwards are hard to tackle, though. Yeah, I'm just saying that he was fantastic. Um, also, he's 40-20 he kicked against the Cowboys. I just want to bring that up because we don't see much of that in the Bulldogs. So it was impressive that he picked it up from dummy half and he's booted back himself. It's good to know that like a half playing, like he wasn't actually a half first playing the hooker position, that he's got to use those skills to his advantage. Yeah, that's that's something he can develop going forward. The next player is Reese Martin. Left the games. They left the mid-season. Yeah, so interesting Thing. It'd be hard again to judge him overall, but definitely a fan favourite at Belmore. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a six out of ten. Um, feel like he was moved on more for uh, cap positioning purposes than anything else. And, uh, it seemed like Dean Pay wasn't much of a fan, but I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six point five. I think it was an all right year, good year, um, good player, but even better bloke. Hey, what a good bloke he is. Nick Meaning. Well, like, fascinating one. <laughs> oh, a lot of them are fascinating. Well, well he's Nick. Nick. Nick's definitely a fullback. Uh, they ended up having to learn a new position on the wing after we signed one of the one of the game's better fullbacks. Um, so it's a hard one to judge. Finished the season with a hat trick. Uh, I, I think I'll go six point five. Some improvement to do on the wing. Uh, hasn't had too much experience at fullback at the top level, so but pretty impressive throughout the season. Only in the six, he burst onto the scene at fullback, and we were all excited. Speed to burn, especially against the Tigers game when he set off uh, when Remus scored that try when there was Nick Meany starting at then Hopperwadi then Remus. Then he felt like there was a few games where he just pushed the port wasn't overly great, and it felt like we just lost the fullback like an attacking sense. Then he jumped on the wing, and then we had a few digs at Nick for some of his things that were like, is he only in the team for a goal kicker? We said that in the podcast. And then there was a few weeks, and especially that back end, he played like one. The, he was one of the better wingers of the whole competition. And that t- towards the end, in my in my view, he try scoring. He was really good at the back end of the season. And he should be proud. Okay, the next player on the list is uh, Marcelo Montoya. He's 11 appearances this season. Finished early because of the injury against Brisbane in Brisbane. Seasoning injury, which is never good to see. Yep. Uh, he was dropped and then brought back in. I felt yep. he played much better when he was brought back in. Much more aggressive, I felt. And his defence was better. 
but I'm going to give him a five. Yeah, I was going to go six. Okay, yeah. Good thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's hard one for uh, Montoya that you had. So we'll move on to uh, Dylan Lapper. Not a, good start the the Not a good start to the season before anything started. <laughs> yeah. We won't touch too much about it. No, we'll stay on field. Um, I'm going to go a 6 out of 10. He, he uh, made a few mistakes trying to be the forcer this year. Uh, let side down a couple of times. He proved throughout the season that uh, we need a lot of improvement out of Dylan Napa. I want to go 5.5. And the best thing to happen to him this year was being dropped from Queensland in the sense of taking that back to club form. Off to uh, Hickey Ogden is the next player, Scotty. Interesting one. I have a huge rap on Ofiki Ogden for a couple of reasons. First of all, his name is fantastic to say. <laughs> and, but I'm yeah. more serious, he's a big body. He runs aggressively, but um, I know he was dropped. There was not much happening. There was in, He didn't play the 13 games. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Um, he came towards the end of the Canterbury Cup and he got outclassed by the Wente forwards, and I felt like he weren't really missing in that game. I know we're talking about NRL, so we'll shift it back to the NRL. Um, I don't think it was... A, I think people expected more. I think Dean Pay expected more, and Dean Pay gave him a good opportunity to do that, but I think he missed the mark, so I'm giving him a 4 out of 10. I was going to go 5.5. Oh, that's a big drop. An even better name to say, Jaden Lockenball. Yeah, but that's your man. That's what he's... <laughs> From his uh, ten appearances, he's got five tries. Quite impressive uh, for a debut season. Uh, game against Melbourne was incredible. Uh, he put a big, gave us a big body with some speed out on the wing. Uh, but again, he only played ten games, had a few injury problems. There you go, six out of ten. Jaden Lockenbaugh. Better things to come. I know six and a half, and there's tribute. Yeah, like you said, there's good signs looking future, looking for the future for him and. Not too far in the future either. Chris Smith played 20 games, uh, 14 off the bench. Uh, there you go, 5 out of 10 for Chris Smith. I don't even see. Improvement six. required. I'll give you a 6, yeah, improvement required. I don't know if you've been at the Bulldogs much longer than the end of next season. Um, he, there was a few quiet games from him, but I really felt towards the back of the end of the year, he got really aggressive. Got really aggressive. Remus Smith, uh, I think this guy is an out-and-out winger. I, I think you've said that he prefers to play at centre, but he's another big body, great skills, good footwork and speed out on the wing. I'd have him at Lockenball. Uh 12 tries this season, so a top try scorer. Uh, I'm going to go 7.5 out of 10. He loses 0.5 for a headbutt. You know, I've got 7.5 <laughs> as well, and I think that was the reason why it was just that Indiscret- it was just a silly, silly mistake. But yeah, what a try scoring machine! Like, yeah, when you think where we were coming and and how bad our start of the season, like you said, the wooden spoon looked like a likely destination at one stage for him to be scoring that many tries. You start to think if we you start playing if he's in that try scoring form, playing in a a top side uh, like in the top four, you couldn't the sky's the limit with his try scoring record. He might have been up there as a top try scorer, winning the Ken Overn Award. One of our biggest sightings of the season was Suazo Sue from the West Tigers. You've got to say he had a disappointing season. 11 games, all off the bench. Um, well, his season really cut short, but what... Sorry, he just didn't really live up to the opportunity that he was presented with. Oh, really? I want to disagree with you completely. Okay. I reckon he was fantastic and. Um, like the game against Melbourne when he scored that try obviously everything came off the interchange bench but he was on the interchange bench he was dragging four Melbourne Storm players that chase down on Charles Nickel Coldstad the uh, the Raiders fullback I thought he brought just a never die attitude there was that poor start that really poor start where the first two games and he bought the price he felt like he was a young player trying to Make his name, and when he came back from reserve grade, I think he had played well until that. Obviously, that injury against Newcastle Knights. So, what'd you rate him? Uh, I didn't say, but I'll give him a six. Give him a six. I'm giving him a seven. 
I think the Knights, the two poor games earlier, and then plus the injury against the Knights, unfortunately, lowers his score, in my opinion. So, Aiden Tolman played 23 games for the club this season. Uh, the milestone man, milestone year for Aiden Tolman. Yeah, um, he always leads from the front. Oh, yeah, 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to give Just him an 8.5. I'm giving him 8.5. There we go. Run off to a bugger. That's interesting. That's the first time I've actually seen his full name. He doesn't go by his full name. Yeah. You want to try to pronounce that? To a bugger or a tully. That's cool. Sorry, I have never known that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a fun fact. You learn every, something new every day. Well, if you, if you did, it's, a, it's another hyper name for us. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Ready, study. Right. Um, line appearances off the interchange bench. I think he had a fantastic year when he was given the opportunity. The fans were screaming for him from Canterbury Cup. They were screaming for weeks and weeks to get him into top grade. Eventually, got there. I think for what he's done, I just I'm going to give him a seven. Just if he had more appearances, he could be higher. Yeah, six point five. Player for the future for sure. Though he could be a, a front row leader in the future. We've only got two players left. Uh, Brendan Wakeham. He had three uh, games this season. Played for Fiji as well. One off the bench, two for thing. Yeah, the Fiji game was impressive. Yeah. Even um, his, his debut game for the Dogs was impressive and too. He reminded me of a of a lovely Bulldog player uh, that's currently working with him at training. Um, just, just the way he moved across the field. I think we've got great signs in uh, Brendan Wakeham. Before you move on with the scoring with Brendan Wakeham, I agree with you 100%. But his first try against the Brisbane Broncos was the actual first try Belinda Sleeman or Sharp pointed to the spot. So her first try she awarded was Brandon Wakeham's first try ever. So there's a trivia fact. I said that actually on the podcast when it actually happened. But yeah. I'm keeping that trivia. I'm no, not going to fail that one. <laughs> well, he only had a couple of games, so I'm going to give him a point for every game. Three points. Three points. I want to be a bit more generous and give him five. Fair enough. Just because he played well in every game. All right, Dallin, Watelli, Zalesiak. New season signing for the Penrith Panthers. Decent signing. It could be the greatest signing of all time. <laughs> Straight into the fullback position, led from uh, led from the back. Jackson was leading from the front. Watelli, Zalesiak was leading from the back. And this guy quickly shot up to be my favourite player, <laughs> or one of them at least. Uh, Ten appearances. The, the New Zealand captain. Ten appearances, he had half the year with us, so Mr. Consistent. Uh, he really added some sparks uh, to the team. All reports, he added a lot more to preparation off the field as well. Yeah, he looks like well, Mr. Professional, doesn't he? There's the reason he's New Zealand captain. Yeah, I'm going to go eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm eight out of ten only because he didn't play as many games. As like, that's the only reason why. <laughs> All righty. What's what's next on what's next on the agenda, Scotty? I think I just I might just add this quickly. Who would you give your player of the year to? Player of the year? Yeah. I'd, I think we spoke about this last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd probably go Jackson. Uh, it's hard to give it to Dallin because he's only here for half the year, but I'm not too upset with Hopperwhite. Yeah, I'm not. Year. Not overly upset, but I, I only thought Tolman. Could have won that award as well. All right, cool. So that's our players' review for this season. Mm. Um, we'll go straight into the, well, into our next, I was going to say segment, because that's what we usually call it, but we're in a totally different mode this week, aren't we? Yeah, uh, party poll. There was a poll, Scotty? There was a poll on Twitter and Instagram. Steve Morton at his prime or Terry Lamb at his prime? <laughs> Oh, harsh. Give Who would you take for 2020? Uh, before we get into that, it's, it's a harsh comparison, isn't it? Um, oh, oh what, a bit of off-season fun. What was, the, uh, what was the poll result? Well, the Twitter one's actually still going at the moment. However, like, it's, how many? Let me take a look. It's still got seven, about 18 hours left. 66% said they'll take Terry Lamb over yep. Steve Mortimer. But I got the finalised Instagram one. And 62% said they'll take Terry Lamb. So Terry wins them both. But there's still time on the Twitter one. There's still some term. 
128 votes in so far. I think they're very, very different players. Um, even though they're both halves. Uh, Steve Mortimer Mortimer really led the club in the 80s first origin win uh, that that image is just burned into your brain Uh, Terry Lamb probably had a bit more support play Mortimer's defence though in cover it's a really hard one I'd probably have to I don't know I'd say this okay I'm going to go this It's, it's too hard to split but I'll say I'll take Terry Lamb, the player in his prime, or I'll take Steve Mortimer, the person. There you go. What a way to sit on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard one. Who do you got? I thought about this. When I actually put the poll, I took a while and I was thinking, Jesus, that was a harsh question. That's why I said it's a tough one on Twitter. I didn't, must admit, when I put that question, I wasn't looking for something easier. I thought it'd be 50 50 or close to it. I'm going to go Steve Mortimer. Because I feel like we've got, I don't know, I just feel like he's, he's I suppose, more game, I just feel like he's like the person, I think, the, I don't know, I just feel like I just favoured to him a little bit, which I was surprised with the result being so one-sided. Like, I know Terry Lamb's a great runner, I just feel like we've got those players, and I said for 2020 if you could pick one, and I thought we would really like a really good halfback, and that's why I'm going with Steve. You know what, Matthew? Even though this uh, this podcast has had a bit of a, a change, we still got one of our favourite segments for the week. I know it's one of your favourite segments, Rugby League World. It's still here. Yeah, I was, I was just having a look at the run sheet and I went, what's, what's going on here? We've, we've had a survivor from the regular season. The off-season podcast has started, uh, but we've got a survivor, Rugby League World. Yeah, I think it might, actually. I, I don't know if it might be every week, but I'm sure... The off-season will keep us busy. Probably. There's news all the time, so probably. All right, what do you want to talk about this week? So I've got sin bins, sin bins, and more sin bins. Uh, this week we saw the three in the South and Manly game and then the one in the Melbourne first Parramatta game on the weekend. Yes, so I, I saw this on the run sheet. Uh what, what about him? What do you want to talk about? Oh, you even didn't know? Okay, I was just going into the fact that, uh, especially the Manly game, it was Des Hasler saying they were dudded on the Jake Dvojevich core. Um, well, know, I, I, I'm going to send Des Hasler to the bin for that one. Yep. Because <laughs> I like that. There, there, there's, there's, there's no... That was the correct call. Grabbing a player... A grabbing, he grabbed onto a support player in a tri-scoring opportunity. Professional foul. Send it. Sure. I, I agree. I'm going to come back to that one in a second, though. Just speak a little bit more because of Des Hazel's reaction. The Cody Walker one, I agree with Wayne Bennett, where he actually agreed with that call, that Cody Walker just didn't have to get involved in that and throw himself to the sin bin. You know I'm not an overly fan of Gerard Sutton, but the only one I disagreed with was the Brad Parker one. Okay. Uh, with, with the Cody one, the thing I'd like to say is that, um, yes, it's the correct call to send Cody to the sin bin. But uh, which player, I forget who it was, but one player came in over the top on the ground and pushed someone's head into the ground, which then yeah. sparked the... The uh, back row for Manly, yeah. And, uh, that, that's, yeah that, that, that's right, yeah. That yeah. sparked the whole situation. Yeah, um, so... He, so I, pro- I would have liked him to go to the bin as well. Now, not because of... Uh, uh, I think I put this on Twitter and people are like, really? What, what, what? That's not the real sort of thing? Well, I want to change the rules because little niggly crap that happens in rugby league games these days, it's just happening more and more throughout the season, but throughout each and every game. I think the reason for it, and we've talked about this a little bit, is the reason for it is no a little guy can do whatever he wants to a bigger guy. The bigger guy can't turn around and hit him anymore. Mm. In the old days, you did some crap like that. You got punched in the face. The referee would say, "Play on." These yep. days, for obvious reasons, punching is punching, slapping, and straight to the bin. Fair enough. But if that's going to be straight to the bin, any niggly crap that leads to a, a well, just not a brawl but a confrontation like that, the player who did the niggly crap needs to go to the bin. Yeah, get the bin. I agree. I All agree, hundred percent. Right. Now, yeah. So we, the Brad Parker one, I'm going to disagree with. Remember the yep. Brad Parker one? 
The reason why is I think that's a penalty try any day of the week. Okay. He worked someone completely out, and it was they they said the way the ball was going, and I was pretty sure I think it was James Roberts flying through. He wiped out. Oh, is, is this the one where they said that he was running in a different direction to the ball? Yeah, something like that, but the ball would have landed right on his hand. I reckon it was right on his chest. Yeah, yeah, that's white. right. That's, he, he, was, he was actually running in the same direction of the ball until the incident happened, and then the ball bounced off in the opposite direction after the incident. So even though Brad Parker got sin and I know the correctly, if you're going to technically say it's a no-try, which they did, someone yeah. has to sit down for it, which, in that sense, but I just disagree. I, I think it was a penalty try. Yeah, it's, it's one of those harder ones. Um, but yeah, on, on replay, you can see that the player almost had almost touched the ball, almost hit him in the head. So Yeah, yeah, almost, probably, yeah he almost he would have fell straight over the try line too. Maybe, um, maybe, the only, maybe the only thing saving him was he was just a little bit before the try line, so maybe that could have maybe, been a reason yeah. not to give a penalty try, but, with but the that's, new the, rules, that's the way it went. With the new rules as well, it's kind of like... New, like new, in, uh, new interpretations, Benny. Yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... What I could see could be different to the the bunker, the head of the bunker. So yeah. two different nights, it could have been two different calls, but both be right. Alrighty, that's um, that. Back to Jack Tavoyevich. Before we go back to Jack Tavoyevich, he's going to expand to Des Hasler and the ref yeah. bashing. We've got yeah. the Cameron Smith one to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, but the Jack Tavoyevich one, Des Hasler went with the ref bashing, and this is I'm going to say I'm getting sick and tired of ref bashing. It's it's always ref's fault. Do they always get slowed down to slow motion? They've got so much more camera angles these days than they did back in the 70s. And people saying they were better referees in the 70s. I don't know how you can prove that to me with the lack of camera angles and the fact that some of it wasn't televised. Um, you could maybe say some of them don't have a feel for the game that's fair, but it's just the fact that Des Hasler came and blamed. I think Des Hasler's a part of the problem. I... Disappointed, I was hearing that they look like he's going to ex- escape any punishment from the NRL. I, w- I was in NRL becoming that hard on him. He's a repeat offender. He's starting this culture of ref bashing. I looked at Manly's social media pages and they were all jumping on Des Hasler's word about how majority of them were jumping on the, the, the word of, yep, this is the ref's fault, ref's fault, ref's fault. And it filters down to the game. There's kids who are refing on the weekend who are getting absolutely hammered for every call they make. Uh, Des Hasler's a part of the problem. And I reckon he should be punished severely with a financial hit to the pocket. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, well said. And you don't have Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett coming out doing it uh, with their players. Well, like you said, Craig Bellamy. Things, so. Yeah, like you said, Craig Bellamy. Yeah, the arm, the sin of Vinavalu. Um, I didn't think that cost him the game. But the arm going to touch, the touch he put the flag up. It was a wrong call. It just denied him one last chance. And what Craig Bellamy said was sort of something along the lines if, if that was going to cost us the game, then we probably shouldn't have won anyway. We probably shouldn't have because we didn't give ourselves the opportunity. We can't beg on one last glimpse opportunity to guarantee us a win. That was yeah. his attitude. So Craig Bellamy had probably more right than Des Hasler because we know he was Craig Bellamy was right, yet he came across it in a nice way and said, well, we weren't good enough in the whole 80. We shouldn't be relying on one play. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smithson, Bill? Uh, uh, correct call. I'm happy with it. Correct call. The reason I... With the sim binning was because you know you've, if you're watching the thing, it divides the Fox League. If you're watching it on Fox League, but also yeah. if you're watching it on Channel Nine, Gus Bill went off his head with the sim bin. The correct call. Reed Money just tackled him. I know Reed Money was being a little bit pesky, a little bit holding him a little bit. I didn't think it was anything over the top. But right in front of the referee, he got Mr. Cool. Kevin Smith's meant to be Mr. Cool, and he got him. Yeah, you don't see that too often from Kevin Smith. But I want to give a rap to Kevin Smith. Uh, like he's obviously, he obviously lashed out at Reed Marty, and he hit him in the face or the forehead or whatever it was. And because of that, he's going to go to the bin. But big rap to Kevin Smith. When the referee called him over to send him to the bin, Kevin walked straight up to him. Uh, the referee said, lashed out, hit him in the face, you're off at 10. Uh, no complaining, no nothing. He just uh, went straight off the off. field. And he actually ran off the field, too. He didn't slow he down. He ran straight off the field, straight into the sheds. So he there's, no, there's no jumping up and down, complaining about it, uh, pleading his case. He just took the referee's decision and went on with it. Uh, he probably knew it was going to happen. But uh, I think that just shows the size of what a professional player Cameron Smith actually is. Yeah, I also touched him up with those. I think it was a good, really good point you made because he did jog off. It was pretty quick. 
Um, yeah, the, the, also, uh, it's not so much not so much the jogging off as more the the non-complaining and just yeah. yeah getting on with it. It was very professional. And then he had actually an interview of Channel Nine at the end of the game, which I think you could have saw on Fox. I oh, know it was just on Channel Nine. Well, I actually saw it on Channel Nine when I turned off Fox League. I don't know why I went back to Channel Nine. I don't know why, but anyway, I did. Um, he interviewed quite nicely about it, and he said, "Yeah, he understands. It's the rules of the rules. You can't debate. You pretty much." Sounds like what he said. But, yeah, like, Gus went off his nut about it. Um, to me, that's a sin bin. I'm happy with that being a sin bin every day of the week. I mean, you just yeah. don't lash out anymore. If Reg Money was holding on to him for any longer extended period than he lashed out, then I was happy for both of them to go. But I didn't think Reg Money didn't overdo his stay either. Yeah, if he was to keep holding him, like, an extra, like, you know, five seconds or so, where you can see the Melbourne players were running down the field... And Cameron yeah. stuck there for a longer period of time, then I might have been happy, like you said, with that Jack Jeskeski one where he started all that. But I don't think Ray Money did anything wrong. Over no, it's fine. Um, alrighty, so we'll move on then. Soon bins are done. Who will win the comp? You've got written down here again. Um, the wrist as well. What I, I predicted versus Melbourne. That can't happen, obviously. Um, I still reckon the wrist will win there. I'm gone Raiders. Green Machine every day. I don't know. It's, uh, that's tipping from the heart. Yeah. It'd be, but, li- it'd be nice to see the Raiders win. I think most people uh, want, want, Raiders win, want, want a Raiders win. So, yeah. Um, I believe you got something else just before. Uh, something about Israel Folau, you said. Uh, yeah. So just breaking as, just, just as we, we hit record to, Yeah, just as we hit record to start this episode, we, uh, we just saw on the NRL.com. Or the, well, actually, I saw it on the NRL app. Same thing. Uh, Israel Folau and John Folau, who are currently, uh, let's say, professional athletes who are unattached to any sport or club, uh, are going to try and represent Tonga at the end of season test matches against Great Britain and Australia. Um, no mention so yet of no mention yet of whether it will be the Nines World Cup as well. Okay. It has to be rubber stamped by the. Rugby League International Federation before this is allowed to happen. Uh, I'll just quickly share my thoughts. I, I don't have a problem with it. They're not signed to Rugby Union, so they're to a Rugby Union club, so they're not registered Rugby Union players. Uh, surely they could probably register, register themselves with a local Rugby League club wherever they're living and then qualify for Tonga. Yeah, I'm, obviously it doesn't bother me, Israel Folau's views. I just I think it was something that was made bigger than it had to be. It was poorly handled, what probably why I made the news. If to me, you've got to make the Tongan team a better team. And with John, so also mm. John Flap would not forget both of them too. And you gotta remember uh if they're gonna make them a better team and they don't break the law, which they none of them have. No problem. Yep. Their view is their view. If I don't have to, I don't have to agree with their view, but I want to watch his rugby play football. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the reason why I'm not watching the Wallabies currently playing at the Rugby World Cup. I probably would be if Lau was playing. Uh, the only only player I'd be interested in watching. Anyway, yeah, I just want to see good football players play football. Right, as Alrighty. long as they're not breaking the law. So the next football. next week we won't be releasing a podcast because I'll be overseas, unfortunately. Not unfortunately, but as far as the podcast goes, we'll be missing a week. Um, but then the week after that, we're going to be talking about, we've said this before, but we're going to be talking about the top five players in each position for the Bulldogs over the next coming weeks. So we'll probably yep. do a couple of positions per week and then talk about a few other things as well. Yeah, the so I'm, I'm excited about that. Actually, that week off, I even... No, I wanted to do the, the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that gives us a bit of time well, I mean, while you're away, I'm not sure you're not going to do overly too much research, but it gives me a bit of time to start with position and start really knuckling this down. I've got a lot of thought about it, but I need to start doing some research on top of it and making sure I'm backing myself up with things. So I'm excited by that. Um, also, yeah, so let's see. It'll also, also be a grand final week, so it's probably a good thing for us not to be releasing an episode during Grand Final Week with most of the chat going to be about the uh, the Grand Final itself at the end of the season. So um, I'm sure a lot of people will be 
taking in that kind of content as well. So that would be great. So enjoy everyone out there. Enjoy your grand final week. No matter which two teams make it, celebrate the game as a whole. Um, it's just like Christmas, isn't it? It's Christmas, your birthday, Easter, any public holiday rolled into one and more. <laughs> let's and let's more. throw it. Let's quickly throw quickly ten seconds to throw an extra topic in. Scotty, who's going to win the Kittery Cup grand final? Wentworthall or Luton? Wentworthall. Yep. I just like the old, they're just the giant killers. <laughs> Seven verse eight. Uh, I think Wentworthall are building nicely too. I like that. I just, oh, I mean, it's going to be an epic game. I'm very right. excited for that one. All right. So you guys know the Twitter account, you know the Instagram account. There's an email as well you can hit us up on. It'll be all written in the notes for this, uh, this episode as it always is. But uh, thanks for listening. See you in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys. Thank <laughs> you.